Today's episode is brought to you by Anchor.fm, the easiest way to make a podcast. Haven't heard about Anchor? Well, let me explain. It's free. That's right, F-R-E-E, free. Anchor has many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then take your podcast and distribute it for you. It can now be heard on multiple podcasting platforms, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Start your dream now. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Rough Cut Sportscast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, alongside your boy, A.J. Johnson. And the smoothest voice in sportscasting himself is joining us to talk baseball tonight. He is the man, the myth, the legend, Dylan Kearns. I gave you not one, but two nicknames to start the show so of course <laughs> i have to go to you to ask how you're feeling on this beautiful thursday evening i'm feeling well the weather was finally warming up down here so it started to feel like spring training that's always a good thing uh baseball mm. season's around the corner and i love the nicknames i know you're a big hockey guy so you give them out like charity but uh, i'll take them when i can get them <laughs> was that a chirp he doesn't yeah, he doesn't it was. know. We we had we had Aaron Muse on uh, last week, and he came up with a great name for Aaron. He went with A A Ron. I was like, "Come <laughs> on, we we got we got to do better than that." Everybody goes with A A Ron. The doctor probably mispronounced him and called him A A Ron. I was like, "We we, we got to do better than that." Aaron's Aaron's on point. He's a good guy. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. Nothing nothing wrong. Nothing against him. But it's just like it's just <laughs> it's just one of those things where everyone to me has to have a nickname. Like I literally grew up just giving people nicknames like my entire life. Like one of my best friends, his name is Connor. His, well, his real name's not Connor, but well, his real name is his Connor. His nickname was Connor. To me, his real name is TC. It's short for Tasty Cakes because on the bus driving to riding to school one day, he was eating some Tasty Cakes. So you know what? My go-to was Tasty Cakes. One of my best friends, his name is Amish Mike. His real name is Mike, but you know what? I'm just calling him Amish Mike. Actually, his real his real name, though, is Michael is Myers. Mike? It's unreal. It's unreal that his fact that his name is Michael Myers, but he's my boy. Either way, though, enough of me talking wait, about wait, my best wait. friends. No, this is important. This is important. What, what exactly are Tasty Cakes? You don't know what Tasty Cake is? Is that their actual name? Yeah, they're think, called yeah. Cakes. Are those then, like those donut hole things? Uh, I think so. Like they, they, make, they make bakery stuff. Yeah, they're like Twinkies, basically. Yeah. I feel like. Oh, so it's the it's posted. the umbrella. It's not like an an actual individual. Snack. Well, like they have. Okay, maybe we'll have to get. We'll have so it's to like it's like Little Debbie. Debbie. It's like Little Debbie. Yeah, it's like a Little Debbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty okay. much. Pretty All much. Right. Pretty See, much. I was, thought it was like the actual like item that he was eating i was like i've never had a tasty cake and one i want to go find one right now and two where have they been all of my life so there, that's why we had to get to the bottom before we talked any baseball gotcha gotcha well it, aj honestly 
we will probably bring this back up and this nicknames thing because my mom is on here asking me to tell everyone my nicknames. So if you want to hear my nicknames, you're going to have to wait till the final countdown tonight for me to tell you my embarrassing nicknames that my mom has given me my entire life. But today's I'm show. I'm trying to remember the one your brother called you on your birthday video. Wum. Wum. Yes, that was it. Yeah. yeah. Wum, yeah. Wum is a nickname. Uh, the, the story behind that one is Wum is just uh, short for Wumbo from SpongeBob. We're big SpongeBob guys. So we call <laughs> each other Wum all the time. But no, enough about nicknames. It's time <laughs> to get into some baseball talk today. We are talking spring training. It is upon us finally. I know people like Dylan have been waiting for this moment for quite some time for spring training to start back up. Notice I did not say myself or AJ because. We're not, I mean, it's, 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 we could have waited for spring training. It's, 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 uh, <laughs> I'd be okay if it happened in the summer. <laughs> summer oh. training. Got it. Got it. But we've got a great show ahead of us, though. We are diving into spring training preview with the man, the myth, the legend, smoothest voice in sports casting, Dylan Kearns. He is going to catch you up on everything that you need to know about spring training and more. But AJ, I'm going to need you to do me a favor, buddy. This is very important. I like uh, honestly, honestly, man. And this is pulling the curtain back. Just this is probably the most important job that you have on this show. Like, and today it just feels like this is the most important one. Okay, warm those okay. fingers up, buddy. Load them up. Get them nice, shined up, shined up real nice. And tell them where they can find us at. Ooh, get on Twitter, roughcut underscore sports. Head over to Facebook at roughcut sports, and of course Instagram at the roughcut sportscast. Hit that like, hit that follow, hit that share, and tell somebody. You know how this is gonna go down. When you tell somebody, don't stop there. Tell somebody else, and then tell somebody there next to you, and then tell the stranger behind him, and then tell the dude on the second floor where you can't go because you're not VIP. Tell everybody, okay? And of course, we are sponsored by Halftime Sports Collectibles, the number one place. To get all of your sports memorabilia needs, I'm still just laughing about the fact that you the, just the go into the place where you can't. That you, sir, <laughs> you, sir. This is why you get paid the big bucks in this business, buddy. This is why aggressively media. Aggressively, <laughs> unbelievable. But most importantly, and this is what we are really trying to push now for our beautiful listeners to support our show. We are an independent show here. We are doing this all for the love of the game. So if you guys could just please head over to whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on, or even Facebook, there's like a Facebook review thing. Now I saw that the other day, go in there and drop a review. Tell us what you think of the show. Well, even if it's not of like a five star or six star content review that we, we want to see, even if it's a two star, let us know what you think of the show. So we, as, as, aspiring sportscasters can better ourselves for our future and we want to give you guys what you want and in honor of that we are going to give you what you want because we're talking baseball with the man dylan kearns down there and buddy i've got a quick question of the day for you the mlb released their top 100 players over the over the course of what the past few weeks they've been releasing their top 100 players and it finally came to a close this uh this past week i believe and I need to know from you, man, who do you are you okay with this list? What are your thoughts on this list of top 100 players, at least by position here? Okay, let me go through a position by position. JT Rumuto, I don't think you can argue there. Freddie Freeman's been on a tear. You keep him there. Uh, LeMay Hugh, I mean, I don't think there's any argument there either. Uh, Tatis is good. 
me head over to the right side, make sure I don't see anything I'm not seeing. Um, <laughs> the outfield, I think, looks good. I, I think you could make the argument for Ronald Acuna there in one of those spots. Yeah, uh, DeGrom, DeGrom, I think he he's definitely um, still worthy of that top spot, regardless of where he's pitching, because he's won multiple Cy Young awards. He's definitely the best pitcher right now. Rendon, that could be an interesting talking point. Um, I don't disagree with any of those three outs, out, outfielders on the list, but I think Acuna should be in there somewhere. If, But then again, it's one of those things, who do you take out? Um, relief pitcher Liam Hendricks, he's had a few good years in a row, so I guess you could go with him right now if that's the top 100. But I think Rendon could definitely raise some eyebrows there. Yeah, I, I saw this list and I was like, I'm just happy Jacob DeGrom just ends up on it every year, basically. He's like, it it feels good to have someone good, okay? Because as a Mets fan, we live our life in heartache and constant struggle, okay? So it's nice to see that we have the best pitcher in baseball in Jacob DeGrom. I love it, man. I, I really do. Let us know who you guys think is the best player in baseball right now. But, hey, we debuted a brand new segment last night, okay? We debuted... The taking it to the polls segment here, and I have to ask you, Dylan, and even I'll, I'll even throw this to AJ, even if he wants to talk about it. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. No, let's go. You know I'm ready for whatever. Okay, we're taking it to the polls here today, and we want to know from you lovely listeners at home, who do you think is the best player or the most interesting player still on the market today in terms of free agency for baseball? Because baseball is one of those sports that to me, I see it and I'm like, guys are still like not like big name guys are still on the market. Like as spring training is starting and sometimes almost into the, like the season, like actually beginning. So Dylan, I want to know from you, from you, who is the most interesting name out there right now in free agency? The most interesting name right now is without a doubt, Jake Odorizzi. Now, Jake Odorizzi, right-handed pitcher, began his career with the Tampa Bay Rays, then transitioned to the Minnesota Twins. Uh, He was last year and also 2019 had a big season with the Twins. Now, I see why he's still out there because he's not necessarily the flashiest name or someone that will definitely change your rotation. But I think an interesting fit here. You look at the Los Angeles Angels, it's, it's, it's obvious to say they need pitching help because it's, that's the main talking point, but that's not going to be my main talking point. Their manager is Joe Madden. He was with Jake Odorizzi in Tampa Bay. The pitching coach is Jim Hickey. He was there in Tampa Bay. And you look at the moves the Angels made, and specifically bringing in former players under Joe Madden. Uh, in the rotation, they went with uh, Alex Cobb. He was a former um, Tampa Bay Ray pitcher with Jim Hickey and Joe Madden. And then uh, they also went after going get, and going and getting Jose Quintana, who pitched under Joe Madden and also Jim Hickey when Jim Hickey went to Chicago. And then you look at the outfield, they brought in Dexter Fowler, who used to be with uh, Joe Madden as well. So I think uh, you could basically – I'm not going to go out and go too bold to say I would I would throw everything I have to go after to get – uh, Jake Odorizzi to the Angels, but I think it would be a phenomenal fit. And if he wants to pitch this year, he has a potential ability to go right in there and pitch in that rotation. And I think it helps them out big time. Do you like uh, Do you like Madden? I I wanted him as the Mets manager when they when they got rid of Terry Collins. I was like, man, I but he I, I believe he was still with the Cubs at the time that the Mets got rid of Terry Collins. And I was like, ah, oh, we're not going to be able to get him. And he just got he might be out of out of uh, Chicago and. That might be our chance. And then the whole thing that happened with Carlos Beltran and then Mickey Call- the Mickey Calloway saga that came in. And I was like, man, I kind of wish we had him in there. But 
you know, Mets are going to Mets, you know, it's just, it's just what we do, but let's get into this though. Let's get into the spring training talk. I'm dying to get into, I've been listening to baseball all day and I do just want to point out every single baseball analyst sounds like Dylan. (laughs) I needed to bring it up on the show today because I was listening to, I mean, I was listening to Buster only. I was listening to everyone. I was listening to every baseball analyst today and I was like, man, this just all sounds like Dylan. They're just jocking your style, man. They're just taking away your style, and I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like. I it. think it's because I constantly watch that stuff. I mean, I've been since I was like five years old. I've been listening to them, so I've sort of heard their takes from the game and sort of just transitioned to my own opinions and uh, watch from afar. But um, so, do you want to get into right here with the things to things to potentially like storylines in spring training? Yeah, no, I, I actually, I, I really wanted to start off with that question that I was talking to you guys about in the, the pre-show meetings with the the fact that it, we talked about last night, Dylan, you were talking about how you are, you want your, one of your goals is to head down to the Arizona Fall League and, and, and watch that, watch that type of baseball and the, and the interaction that you have with the players and the, and the proximity you have to the players. You're basically right on top and you're able to get autographs, you're able to talk to them, you're able to connect with them. And that's how it is for spring training. You're, you go to the games, it's so interactive with the players. Well, maybe not obviously in the COVID times, but in general, it is so interactive with the players. It seems like such a great selling point for baseball, for a sport that is struggling to get viewers in. Why do you think baseball doesn't promote this as much? I think they don't because it's limited. First of all, you only have um, where, where you're going to be is you either have Arizona or you have Florida. So it's tough to get everybody to buy in. Now, some of these teams in the north, uh, the fan bases in the north, uh, I mean, you're not going to attract a bunch of California to go to Arizona. You might get a few, but the teams that go north, sometimes they plan like week vacations or something like that to where they can go down and watch some of these, uh, some of their uh, spring training and get get the – hands-on access that you're talking about so it's kind of hard to promote it that way but it's also interesting because you you look at how the spring training works and a lot of people when they go to the ballpark they just want to be there like it's it's springtime it's it's march it's it's uh beginning of april february march that's like the time of where uh you're getting you're getting your action and most of the time the sun's finally out in some of these places and vacation spots that they just want to go to the ballpark and relax. They don't really care of what's going on. So it's kind of hard to market to uh, getting people to buy in because the star players are only going to be playing six innings at a maximum. So it's going to be hard to get a lot of people to buy into what they're selling, but if they wanted to try, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to put the spring training everywhere because they have their own facilities in each spot. But um, that, that's the thing that's holding it back. As you look at NFL training camp, uh, they, they have multiple locations across everywhere. And it's in, a, it's in a summer month to where a lot of people can go and attend. So that's why I think the turnout there is a little bit more. Yeah, it just always seems like you, Dylan, you mentioned, uh, you know, how the star players aren't playing that often. And that's one of the reasons that it's harder to get these guys engaged and get fans to come out and really spend time. So, like, we did this with hockey when when Vinny was pandering for hockey fans, you know. And honestly, I believe baseball pandering? fans. Are, pandering? Come on, buddy. See, I was about to compliment your sport because I was going to say baseball is harder to get fans to come in now than that's it true. is for hockey. So, so. Going into spring training, are there are there players that a casual or less than casual fan 
would look for. Uh, are there are there players you're excited about coming into this season? You know, they've all had the shortened season last year. I think about that. You know, a lot of these guys can come back a lot more healthy than they were. Are there some players that you would throw out there that you're excited seeing in spring training? So there's a few storylines. The first one that sticks out to me is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He lost 43 pounds. And if I'm a casual baseball fan, I don't know if I just turn that on right away and be like, oh, I got to go watch this dude because he lost weight. But um, if, if you watch baseball, um, you realize he was originally a third baseman, came up in their system. I had the pleasure of watching him in the Midwest League in 2017. That's uh, low A for the Lansing Lugnuts in the Blue Jays organization. And what a he, name. He was, he was awesome. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was absolutely insane. Him and Bo Bichette. Bo Bichette had a 400 batting average at the All-Star break. Amazing. So those two just raked through the whole league. But anyway, going to the, back to the point on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He came up a third baseman. He's always been a little heavier set to where he doesn't have the ability to move quick or have the reaction time that you'd like to see at the hot corner. They did try him over at first base a little bit. So I think it's it's a little tough to see. That, that's something I'm interested for. He's lost weight. Can he start playing the field? If not, he's going to be a 22-year-old DH, and that's not good saying uh, you have about 10, 20 more years in the league if you remain healthy. So just to be a designated hitter for that long is not good. So losing weight, I'm excited to see him as well. Yeah, that's a big name right there. Like as a casual viewer watching baseball, like that's a major name. I feel like, I mean, that is, that's baseball royalty. I should say that that's a name that even as the casual fan, you know, that name. So you're going to be able to tune in and see that Dylan, what are some other storylines though, that you're kind of following as, as spring training picks up and we get closer and closer to uh, opening day. The things I'm looking at, obviously, um, going forward towards opening day, you look at position battles. You look at the um, a, a couple teams, like the Mets, they're battling for a fifth outfielder spot. There's about seven names there that I'll get into later on when we talk a little bit Mets. Uh, yeah, I think position battles are interesting. But it, even going into spring training, you look the minor leaguers last season, They did, there was not a minor league baseball season. They played against each other. For multiple times, they just they, they just played each other, and they got to be sick of it. So I'm interested to see some of these younger players that didn't get a full season in that big league clubs are expecting them to contribute at least some point this year because there's going to be injuries. I mean, it it happens to everybody. So uh, I'm interested to see how they they react getting the uh, playing time that they haven't had in a while, and I, I'm excited to see that. And also uh, new players on new teams. I love seeing that. Um, you, you look at like Nolan Arenado, uh, the first Cardinals game. I mean, I'm a Cubs fan. I'm going to be honest, but the first time I see Ar- Arenado in a Cardinals jersey, I'm going to watch it because it's it's entertaining. So I like to see new faces in new places as well. I, that that is something I, I've always like thought about with baseball. I mean, you just get these big names are going like. AJ, I don't mean to shoot. I don't mean to shoot at your sport here, basketball. But like with with baseball, you see these guys that are signing in different places, and they're not like the common places. They're not they're not signing in places where they're creating these super teams. Like I mean, we saw Manny Machado go to the Padres before the Padres were a thing. Like he he went there before they were. Yeah, you call? Did you call that? I didn't call it. I just think it's smart. He knew that Fernando Tatis was in that organization. He knew the firepower of the prospects. He, he, knew, he, he knew what was coming. I mean, that's just something that I, I love to see is just these guys, these big names are on the move. They're on the go. They get these massive, massive contracts. And that's what I wanted to bring up here. We have a, we have a comment bringing up Fernando Tatis Jr. Being the guy to watch for this uh, during spring training. He got that massive extension that, that, that took place. What? It happened live on our show on oh, Friday, yeah, didn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, we we uh, broke it was the Friday. News it was a Friday. Before, I think. We we, yeah. we we broke the news on it. Yeah, that's it. That's a, let's give us claim to fame there. But yeah. what are your thoughts on Fernando Tatis? Do you think he's going to be able to live up to this ma- this massive contract? I mean, I have we haven't seen that much of Fernando Tatis to know that like he's going like with like the Bryce Harper deals or like the Mike Trout deals. It's like these guys we've seen enough of them to say okay, let's give them some a, a massive contract. We haven't seen that much of Fernando Tatis, in my opinion, to, to warrant that. Do you think that he's going to be able to live up to this uh, contract? I do 100%. And I'm going back to the 2017 Midwest League. Uh, he, he was for my hometown Fort Wayne Tin Caps. He was playing there, and I watched him every single day. It was the Tin Caps and the Lugnuts. That was, that was Vlad Jr. versus Fernando Tatis. I went to probably... 45 games that season just so I could see Tatis because they had Hudson Potts who ended up getting traded to the Red Sox um, this season but I mean there were a lot of good names on there and Fernando Tatis just jumped out he wore 23 as a shortstop he looked like Michael Jordan getting up and he had he had some ups he was he had the five tools and you could tell usually the Midwest League is a league where pitching dominates in uh in single a but he did a great job he had 20 home runs that season and one thing that stood out to me from a character perspective it was this fort wayne tin caps team was going on a postseason run and right before the playoffs they wanted to call him up to high a and he said no i've been here all season i want to ride this out so they basically i can't remember exactly if they ended up calling him up or not but he was hesitant of even being called up into the system because he wanted to finish it out with his team. And that's someone that I want to give a contract to because he already has the talent. He has the skills. It's just, he's six foot three. I, I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. He's tall. He's tall for a shortstop. So if he can move to third, I think it'll be beneficial for him long-term. But I, I think just on a skills thing, as long as he can stay healthy, that's the best contract that they can get. Dylan and I and I'm and I'm glad you said that because that's my hang up with these contracts. Like I don't mind a talented player getting a decent contract for a decent long term amount of years. But when you're talking about twelve and fourteen years at over three hundred million dollars on the major contract, that's still only dropping to twenty four million a year. But when you play hundred and sixty two games a season, how do you justify a contract that long, knowing that you're going to get your return? come the even the eighth ninth tenth all the way to the 14th year yeah it's always tricky depending on it's obviously the payout structures might be back loaded or front loaded but the interesting thing about baseball is all the contracts are guaranteed so it doesn't matter if you sign like as long as once you put the yeah once you put the pen to the paper you're going to be getting paid for those 14 years so I, i don't know the logistics of his contract if there's opt outs or anything but like i said i love that he was a team guy going back to the uh, his early days as a, like a 20-year-old kid. And that's just, that's huge. I think the the team-oriented thing is just, you, you, need to, you need to make sure that they're someone that doesn't mind sticking around, even when things get rough. And I think that's that speaks to his character. Yeah, it's, and, and San Diego seems like one of those places that it's, it's growing, man. I think, I feel like the Padres right now are like the biggest thing to hit San Diego in terms of sports in the history of, of, of San Diego sports. I can't remember a time that there was this much buzz around maybe the chargers or, or what, what, what are you, what are you giggling at over there? Gilly bits? Yeah, because it, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like you, you actually brought up the Chargers right after I was thinking about it. I was like, wow, just trashing them through the mud. And I was like, well, I mean, really? 
since like what Drew Brees got there, and even then you were like, he's not even. Yeah, that even, good. When he even left. then you never, yeah. you never. I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I wasn't. I wasn't old enough for like to be around when there was the hype around Drew Brees or the hype around Philip Rivers. Still, but like, really wasn't. even even so, this <laughs> and, and especially in this like day and age where social media rules the world and everything is viral, like just like that. This has to be like the the biggest time in san diego sports history i feel like like it has to be but i need to bring something up before we forget about it these names that you have just dropped for minor league we did a show the other day on friday our last fun and game was friday and if you haven't checked that out please go do we're on any podcasting platform you can listen to it or you can go back and watch the live video we had a great time ranking and tearing up on sports team logos and you just brought up what is it the 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 tin caps and, and then the lansing lug nuts the lansing lug nuts and there's our our, our beloved jacksonville jumbo shrimp here in in, in uh here, here in jacksonville it, dylan i have to ask you i have to ask you man what it, rapid fire here quick question right off the bat favorite minor league team name go oh I know this you played that MLB the show, and you have to go through. You probably- I already, I, I know, I, I follow minor league baseball a lot. I, I go through the systems and stuff, but I always like the Biloxi Shuckers. That's always a good one. I think that's good. They, I think they're affiliated with the Brewers, but you know, I, 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 there's a handful. There's uh the Pensacola Blue Wahoos are a good one too. <laughs> I like hearing. I love playing MLB the show yeah, and Matt Mascurge like going. It's the such and such team versus the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, and it's, yeah. it just makes it sound so like professional. I'm like, how can you say that so so professional when it's the Blue Wahoos? Uh, my my <laughs> personal favorite is uh, the New Orleans Baby Cakes. Yeah, good one. <laughs> there's 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 some there's some good ones man and how can how can baseball the mlb have the worst logos and then their minor league system has just the most absurd out there entertaining logos and team names i don't get it but i digress let's get into (laughs) some spring training talk and i have to start it off here man i need to talk about my mets okay i have to get it off my chest because this really worries me a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot okay your teams, I, man. Not to they tie. Where you? Not to tie this into hockey, but before the season started for the Rangers, everyone was on the Rangers hype train because they had Lafayette, <laughs> they have Panarin, they have Mika Zibanejad, they have all these guys that were all hyped around, and they're saying the Rangers are going to make the playoffs, and the Rangers have started off like, and I'm like, I, I knew this was going to happen. They they weren't that good. Now Major League Baseball came out with their f- debut power rankings for the season. And they listed the New York Mets at fifth because obviously you look at their additions here. You add guys like Francisco Lindor, James McCann, one of the best hitting catchers in the league. The The additions are fantastic. But Dylan, are the Mets the real deal? Yes. Oof. Yes, easily. Easily they're the real deal. Now, I, I'm also going to show a little bit of love for the Atlanta Braves here. I think for a fact, the Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets, I, I think they're going to be fantastic um, going going into the season. But I'm going to give you some facts here. Now, everyone was upset that they didn't land Trevor Bauer, right? Everyone's like, all right, come on, let's bring Trevor Bauer to New York. Let's look at what they did do, okay? You you look at their rotation. Yes, they're going to get Syndergaard back at some point. When, we don't know yet. But they have a lot of pitching depth, and pitching depth is huge. It doesn't matter 
Um, it doesn't matter where you are in, in your in your season. As long as you have depth, it's huge because there's going to be injuries, and having pitch, starting pitching depth is so pivotal. And you look at the pitching depth they have. Brought in, uh, re-signed Marcus Stroman. They brought in Carlos Carrasco, you said. Taiwan Walker was an addition. Jordan Yamamoto, Joey Lucchese, Jared Eikhoff, Mike Montgomery. Those have all started big games and have started meaningful MLB games. And I think the pitching depth on this team is just insane. And then you mentioned the bullpen. I think that's the best bullpen in the league, and I'm going to go out on a limb there. Dylan Batances is a huge arm. You have Edwin Diaz, who had a great season last year. Go back and look at the numbers down the stretch. He was nails. And then you also look at um, bringing in someone like Trevor May. And then they also have the lefties with Aaron Loop. And there's just – I love this team so much. And I think there's there's so much they can do because they have so many breakout players. You saw Brandon Nimmo have a good season last year. Dom Smith showed up. And that's to follow up a year where Pete Alonzo was absolutely insane. So I am buying what the Mets are selling. They have a lot of depth in the outfield as well. They signed Albert Almora, Jose Martinez, Kevin Pilar, Malik Smith. Uh, they have a lot of names competing, and I think they, there's so much depth on this team that it's going to help them in stretch time. Man, I sure hope you're right, dude. I really hope that you're right because the Mets are a team that I like. I'm like, like I said, I'm looking at it. And I'm like, I really just don't want the Mets to end up like the Rangers are. It's like all this hype around because I mean, to me as a casual guy, I still think the Braves are a fantastic team. Like they're, I think they're one of the best teams in the league. Guys got like Freddie Freeman on there, Ronald Acuna on there as well. I mean, that team seems to be the team to beat in the in the NL East. But everyone's saying it's the Mets. I saw predictions the other day that had the Mets by a mile to win the NL East, and I'm like. Uh, I think we really need to pump the brakes on that. I want to bring up this question, though, from my good old Popsy here. Dylan, nice. what are your thoughts on, on, on guys like Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco coming from the AL to the NL? I think it's definitely interesting because you look at someone like Carlos Carrasco. I think it helps him a lot because in the American League Central, you're going up against big bats. I mean, even even at this stage in his career, Miguel Cabrera can still take you deep, and he's still a solid big league hitter. And then the, the White Sox and the Twin Sluggers, I mean, they could wear you out. So sticking to the AL Central and playing those hitter-friendly teams can be very beneficial for someone like uh, Carrasco going to the National League. Now, for Francisco Lindor, all the pitching that was in the AL Central was on his team. Um, so he's facing the, whoever the heck the Royals are throwing that day, whoever the Tigers are sending out. I mean, he's not facing all that stuff. You go over to the NL East, you're going to face Charlie Morton. You're going to face uh, some of these big arms, uh, Max Freed. You're going to face Max Scherzer. You're going to face all of these great pitching. So I think it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment for uh, Francisco Lindor, but he, he is a superstar and he's going to find a way to regroup easily. What about, what about the, the, I mean, I, and I talked to my, I, I talked to my dad at least like once a day, we talk and we talk baseball and it's like, he always brings up the fact that city field is a pitcher's park. It is tough to hit in city field. Is that going to be a problem for Francisco Lindor? Do you think there's going to be an adjustment period for him? Or do you think we see the Francisco Lindor of, of old with the Cleveland Indians? I don't think it's fair to say Francisco Lindor of old because he is a superstar talent. There's just no denying it. He didn't, he didn't have the best season last year. I'll give you that. And he has had some injury issues during his career, but I think he'll adjust. I mean, if, if he's, if he's struggling and June's coming around and he's hitting like 
240, 230, then I think it might raise some eyebrows. But at the very least, he's going to play phenomenal defense, and that's something the Mets haven't had in a while. I mean, let's be honest. Ahmed Rosario was not a defensive shortstop, and neither was uh, Andres Jimenez, who they traded away as well. So I think it's going to improve their defense, improve their uh, camaraderie around the team, and he's going to he's going to find a way to hit. It's just did you, did you time. see? Did you see him show up in the uh, in the Coming to America Eddie Murphy outfit with the Mets uh, varsity jacket on? He took photos in that for Team Photos today, and I was like, I was like, dude, this is just. This is fantastic. And it would be nice to finally have help for Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. And, and going back to your point real quick on, uh, on Francisco Lindor, I think he would look good in any uniform. You put him in any uniform, he'll make that jersey and make that team look good. <laughs> it's the smile, Mr. Smile. So you don't realize, though, you, you told Vinny that a team that he likes is the real deal. That's not what he wanted to hear. He wanted to know he was right so he could stop stressing over it because now that he thinks they're good, now he has to go through 162 games wondering what if. So you went ahead and threw another wrench in his happy professional team life, but I thank you for that. I don't appreciate it. (laughs) The NL East is going to be a two-team race. Is it? It, Well, hold on. Hold the phone. Go ahead. I know you're about to get in on that. A two-team, is the Mets one of those teams? Yeah, it, uh, I'll let I'll let AJ speak because I feel like I cut him no, off a couple no, no, times. I want to know. No, no, I want to know where. Yeah, this yeah, you you, you wait over there, okay? You wait over I'm there. I'm waiting is happily. It, is it the Mets and the Braves? It's where, the Mets and the, the Braves. Phillies, though, okay, JT all right. Okay, so that's why Phillies, I need to know. the Phillies. JT Remuto broke his thumb or hand, something like that. It's going to keep him out six weeks, so he's going to be a little while for him. But I don't think the Phillies have the pitching to compete. Aaron Nola's okay. I mean, I guess he's a good arm, but you look. It, it's going to be. I, I, it's a two-team race. The Nationals got better by signing Kyle Schwarber, John Lester. But I think if you look at it as a whole, it's a two-team race. The Braves, if if they did not sign Marcelo Zuna, the Mets would have walked away with this division handedly. But signing Marcelo Zuna gives, that their, gives them solidarity in their lineup. Because you look two years ago, Josh Donaldson was a monster, raking for them, and was a consistent bat in that lineup. And then they brought in Marcelo Zuna last year, and he was hot even down the stretch to where he was he was almost carried them to the World Series. So now bringing him back still gives you that spot in their lineup, and he's really good. Then you go out and sign Charlie Morton. No one's talking about that. He still he gets better with age. He's like the Adrian Beltre of pitchers. So he, he comes in there and starts pitching, and then you also have the young arms of Anderson and uh, Soroka when he comes back from his Achilles. You have Freed. They're good. This Braves team's good. So are the Mets. It's going to be a dogfight this year, but both of them can be a lock for the playoffs. Vinny, I'm just hoping now. I'm just hoping now that it's uh, the Braves versus the Mets. Oh, gosh. I can't, the, the ridiculousness that will transpire on the show between you and I. Oh, man, because you'd have to watch another one of your teams lose to one of my teams. <sighs> <laughs> so, Dylan, all right, so you covered the Mets. You, you took care of Vinny's happiness. That's awesome. Let's uh, let's do what they do in the league and talk a little bit about the Subway Series. So I've been hearing that the Yankees are the team to beat in all of the MLB, and uh, I'd like to know is that exactly how you feel? I, I will I will say I've I've heard this for years on end. In some years, it was closer than not. Are we looking at the same thing here? Is it going to be the Yankees are the talk of the town and they fall short, or are they another team that we're looking at here and it, you know, it's hold on to your butts? I'm going to be honest <laughs> here. 
He said, but I, don't say you don't know that saying. That's that's a very popular saying. I'm going to be honest. I'm chuckling on the inside, just thinking that the uh, just New York Yankees and New York Yankees could be. I, I mean, I guess they could be, but there's just so many issues with this team. And sure, they did save themselves by going out and signing some pitchers late and making the trade for Jamison Tyone. Jamison Tyone, Corey Kluber have not pitched any innings. I think Kluber threw one inning last year, and then he got hurt. So the pitching on this team is uh, serious. It's a serious concern. And I know that you're probably thinking, okay, but they, they made the adjustments here. They have D.V. Garcia. They have Luis Severino coming back. They have Domingo Herman whenever he does or whatever he does because he's coming back from suspension. So there's just so many question marks. Now, they do have the depth that if all of these question marks are not questions to where they can all pitch and they can all make an impact on this roster, then that's when I will start considering them to be a contender. But you also have to factor in Aaron Judge has not been able to stay healthy in his career. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton hasn't been able to stay healthy. There's They're too right-handed, in my opinion. You need to have that balance of right-handed, left-handed. And I think Aroldis Chapman's going to be on a little bit of a decline because he, he just cannot keep up every single thing that he's done year after year. I mean, relievers don't have that right. kind of shelf life. And if you look at the Yankees team, too right-handed, the pitching question marks are huge. I mean, there could be an honest, honest thing here to where – Kluber doesn't give them anything. Tyone doesn't give them anything. And then they're stuck twiddling their thumbs with Jordan Montgomery being their number two. So pitching has been a huge concern for this Yankees team ever since they've had Andy Pettit. Yeah, and it's, it sucks. You mentioned the young Carlos Stanton and the Aaron Judge health thing. And it, it seemed like as soon as Stanton got there is when that really started becoming a problem. But I want to go back to something you said in the beginning of that. You mentioned the pitching being a problem of the Yankees. And all I've heard, a really good friend of mine, Max Todd, we used to do the 4th and 20 podcast together. He's a huge Yankees fan. All I've ever heard was how their their farm and their bullpen throughout their minor league was one of the best in the in the MLB. So, like, what happened there? So where did they go from being one of the best bullpens in the league to having so many questions unanswered now? I go back to the point on the bullpen shelf life, and they lost some of the big dominant arms that they had in the past with Andrew Miller and uh, Dylan Batances. But going down the list, I mean, they even traded Adam Odovino to clear some uh, cap space, or not cap space because there's no salary cap, but clear, <laughs> clear some money so they could stay under the salary cap threshold. Um, so it, it was interesting there, but I, I do like their arms in their system. I just don't think that they can come in and compete this year. D.V. Garcia, I like a ton. He's going to be a great pitcher, but he's a few a year or two away of be, taking that next step. Clark Schmidt's nice. Uh, he's a he's a South Carolina native, and uh, he has he throws a nice sinker. So him and Jordan Montgomery are also. I mean, I guess you can consider Jordan Montgomery young as well. He doesn't have the innings under his belt at the big league level. But once again, Jordan Montgomery hasn't been able to stay healthy, and there's just a lot of injury concerns with this team and the depth they do have is still a few years away to where I can consider them being like, okay, they could step in and be the best team in the American League. Oh, the Yankees. Oh, the <laughs> Yankees. I just it, – it's funny you brought up the fact that, like, with the Giancarlo Stanton thing, when he got there, things started to kind of get a little, little topsy. So they started to become a little bit more question marks around the Yankees themselves. And I, I mean, it's just like one of those things that it's like I just – I wish – I wish the Mets have been would have been able to compete with the Yankees over time. That's what I want to see, and I feel like they can do that now. But Dylan, I want to get into some things here real quick. 
We're going to do a rapid fire buy or sell. Okay. Rapid okay. fire buy or sell on these top teams and whether or not they are the real deal or not. Okay. Are you ready? Let's do it. Buy or sell the dot. Are you buying or selling the Dodgers? Are they the real buying. deal? Buying. Wow. They have pitching depth and they're very healthy too. I mean, it's one thing to have it, but I mean, Trevor or not Trevor, Dustin May, uh, their pitcher. He's he obviously got the uh, red hair and the fire up there on the mound. Came into uh, spring training pumping 101, and he doesn't even have a spot in the rotation. So they are they're legit. Chicago White Sox. I'm buying them. Let me find my hat. <laughs> I'm buying. I'm buying the Chicago White Sox. You talk about the best team in the American League. I think it's them. Wow! Mm. Look at this. Well, okay, why, why? I know it's. Mm. I know it's fire sell rapid fire, but I need to know why is why are they the the team to beat in the American League? You look at their lineup. They have Yasmani Grandal as their catcher. Jose Abreu, Nick Madrigal gets on base. He's a little mini mini Jose Altuve with speed. Tim Anderson's could be an MVP candidate. Yoan Moncada's insane. Eloy Jimenez rakes potential silver slugger. You look out in center, Luis Robert. They bring in Adam Eaton. Their pitching rotation with Giolito, who threw a no hitter. Lance Lynn, they traded for. Um, you look down the list. They brought they get Michael Kopech back. Talk about throwing gas. Garrett Crochet's there. They bring in Liam Hendricks. The White Sox are all in. Oof. That's I don't I that's that's a bold take, man. I, like I said, I've been hearing I've been hearing a lot about the obviously the Yankees. I feel like that that's the team that everyone is always talking about being that team. I love the fact that you went with with them. The Toronto Blue Jays, though, are you buying or selling them? I mean, they've been they've been one of the most active teams in free agency this year. They brought in one of the biggest free agents in George Springer to Toronto. Are they the real deal? They are. I'm buying them. They're going to compete in the AL East. I think they might finish second. Actually, no, I think that they, they will finish second. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, so wait, so they fit. They, oh, wow. So I, I'm going to drop gonna... this blog post before opening day, but I have the Toronto Blue Jays finishing second. No questions asked. Wow. Wow. What about the Rays? Are you buying or selling them? They're still, they, I mean, they, they traded, they traded their ace. Look, they, they, I don't I don't love what the Tampa Bay Rays do and it's sort of what the San Francisco Giants are doing now where they just start right left right left they they pick their matchups based on who's throwing that day. I don't like their rotation. They traded away Blake Snell. They still have decent arms I guess because they bring in these reclamation projects like Michael Waka. The Mets tried that. See how that happens. So um yeah, I th- I think yeah. I think you look at the the Rays. It's just I, I don't buy them. I think Toronto is more sound. They have more consistent players, and they can make that leap if they get a healthy 32 starts from Hunjin Ryu. Last question here for you, buddy. Last question that I have for you. Which league is which league do you think has the more parity in? I'm looking at like I'm looking at like the rankings and things like that, and how many teams there are. And according to MLB and their and their power rankings early on, they have the Dodgers, the Padres the Braves and the Mets from the NL and the rest, the, the, the remaining six are all AL teams. Do you think there's more parity in the American league than there is in the national league? By parity, you mean strength? Like it, it, maybe I picked the wrong word. I'm not good at words, you know, I'm not smart over here, but like, yeah, like, do you think they're the stronger? Yeah. Do you, do you think that they have the stronger, uh, divide, the stronger divisions, the stronger league? Absolutely I not. I can't. I, I, I don't want to use I, I think you look at the National League. 
I mean, we're not even talking about the NL Central, which could be a joke this season, depending on the season the Cubs have. But they still have some competing teams in that division. Uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, it's up for grabs. Someone's making the playoffs out of that NL Central. You look at the West, I think it's a clear and obvious uh, Dodgers, Padres, both of those will get in. You look at the East, the Nationals could compete for that second wild card spot. I, I'm not entirely buying what they're selling. But they did win a World Series in 2019, so what do I know? But um, they also have the Braves, the Mets. The entire NL is just way more better than the American League. Because you look at the AL West, um, the Astros, they're, they're getting worse every year ever since they lost Garrett Cole. Now they lose George Springer. Um, you go down the list, the Athletics got worse. Uh, the Mariners, well, I'll get to them in the prospect talk. Um, but anyway, it's just in the AL Central as well. It's just it's sort of like the Twins are kind of there. The White Sox are competing. And then the East, it's it's two teams in my eyes. But with the with the weak American League, the Rays will still probably be of over 500. Fair enough. Fair enough. And <sighs> the Mets. <laughs> the, the, the but you know you brought up the prospect you you brought up the prospect talk and that's what i want to round everything out about uh round everything out with spring training is all about to me it's all about those young guns getting their reps in with the big guys with the big clubs i want to know from you who put us on prospect watch okay let us let us know who are the prospects that you're keeping an eye out in or on during spring training I'm looking at one that made his major league debut last season. And I've actually got the, the three pitchers I want to get into first. All made their major league debuts last season. The first one being Sixto Sanchez. This is going to be the boldest take I've ever made anywhere. And I feel 100% confident saying it. Hold on. Let me, Six, throw, let me, let me throw up your banner first so people can at you when you, when you drop this bold yeah, take. <laughs> it's, it's bold. It, this is the most bold thing I've said, especially in a live format. Sixto hmm. Sanchez is going to be the second coming of Pedro Martinez. Wow. I, I, I'm dead serious on that. You look at his build. He's a big, big right-handed guy, throws hard. He locates well. And if you look at all of his skills, especially coming out, and you look at all, all that he can do, he commands the strike zone well. He has a great wipeout pitch, and he is just phenomenal. Even pitching in the NL East, I think he is going to have a fantastic season. Sixto Sanchez is a monster. And if, if you want to start watching baseball, if you want to buy into something, I don't know if I would buy into the Marlins, but I'd buy into Sixto Sanchez. Wow. Number two, number two prospect here, Spencer Howard. And this is interesting. He's with the Phillies. I think he's more of a, I, I don't know. I don't know the comp off the top of my head. Let me just think here for a second. Um, I, I don't know if I'd go Zach Granke because he's still a Hall of Famer, but he, he's going to be a nice right-handed pitcher that will probably sit around a three ERA, another pitcher in the NL East, and another pitcher also noted Sixto Sanchez was in the Philly system uh, when they traded they traded him for JT Remuto with the Marlins. So the Phillies could be facing, a like I said, uh, someone like Pedro Martinez for multiple years. So um, that, that's interesting there. Spencer Howard I think is nice. And the last pitcher to look out for is Tristan McKenzie with the Indians. He is nice. If you remember Jordano Ventura from the postseason with the Royals a few years ago, lanky guy, a lot of fire, a lot of energy. That's Tristan McKenzie. He's, he's nice. He throws hard. I think he's going to be well as well. And then I'll get into position guys here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, he is just full prospect knowledge. I, I, I don't even think like when it comes to hockey, I'm not even, okay, maybe I do know, but when it comes to basketball, I'm sure AJ does not know, go that. Deep. Okay. Maybe he does. Dylan <laughs> oh is the master God. 
of the baseball prospects. Man, I heard this guy last night talk about how he wants to go down to the fall league and observe prospects and get some interviews lined up. This guy's taken over the game, but give me some position players before we wrap it up here. Let me, let's talk about the guys who are going to be the next Fernando Tatis juniors, those type of guys. I look at a team. I'll throw their hat up real quick. The Pittsburgh pirates. That was funny because the green screen just went on. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> the Pittsburgh pirates, they have a couple of guys on the left side of their infield on Yale Cruz. Um, he's going to be nice. He's a tall left-handed shortstop. He's six foot seven. He could potentially transition over to playing third base. I like O'Neill Cruz a lot. And these, now I'm just not saying these names. I want you to keep an eye on them in spring training to see exactly what they do. Cruz is really nice. And then I also got to shout out another Pittsburgh pirate prospect, a Facebook friend of mine, Key Brian Hayes from Tomball, Texas. He is, he's going to be great. He came up late last season, finally got his cup of coffee in the bigs. Great defensive third baseman. If you remember like a Matt Chapman or someone that could play defense, I think Key Brian Hayes is one to stick out for sure. And then the last thing I'll wrap this up with, if you want a team, if you want to know the Padres or the White Sox before the Padres and the White Sox happened, Watch the Seattle Mariners. The Seattle Mariners are loaded on their farm system. You look at their outfield for years to come. Kyle Lewis was the American League MVP, or not MVP, uh, Rookie of the Year last season. And he's their center fielder. They also traded for Taylor Trammell. That's who they got in the Austin Nola trade with the Padres. Jared Kelnick, they got him from the Mets. He's going to be really nice. I think I compared him to Colby Rasmus before, but I think he might be a little bit better than that. Um but, yeah, Kelnick, he's going to be nice. That outfield is insane. And then you also look at another position player there, Julio Rodriguez. He's only 20 years old, and he is he's going to be really good. He's a right-handed bat. He could come up as soon as his age 20 season, either late this year or early next season. And then you look at a few pitchers there. Justin Dunn, right-hander, he, he's really good. And also their first-round pick from a few years ago, or it might have been last season, Emerson Hancock. Those are the names to watch out for. Seattle Mariners are good. Or they're they're not good now. They will be. I think they finished third in the AL West. But um, that that's my that, those are my prospects to watch. They just got a pitcher from the Mets in that in that Edwin Diaz deal and the Robin. I should add Robinson Cano on that deal that I liked a lot. I can't remember his name. Uh, I think it was like uh, J- James Dunn. Uh, just, his last name was Dunn. Can't remember his Is it first Justin? name. Justin. Yeah, something like Justin that. Justin Dunn. Yeah. yeah, he he came from the Mets. He was one of our higher prospects. I was kind of upset when they made that deal, especially after seeing what Edwin Diaz did uh, for the Mets, how he was literally no help at all, actually a detriment to the team. But I digress. Dylan, <laughs> as always, we appreciate you coming on, talking baseball, enlightening these lovely listeners about spring training, baseball prospects, everything that they need to know. Dylan, I did this to Aaron the last time he was on here, and I'm going to give you a platform here, like a 30-second, a minute, however long you want it to be. I'm going to give you a platform to tell everyone what you're doing right now, what you got going on in terms of podcasting, uh, your your play-by-play, everything that you have going on, giving you the time to shine right now. Yeah, so I'm a college baseball analyst at the University of South Carolina, Beaufort, or an NAIA school uh, in the Sun Conference, and we usually have games Tuesday, Saturday, Sundays. I do baseball and softball there. It's on the Sandshark Game Day Network. Uh, you can check that out on Twitter at USCB underscore SSGDN. Um, check that out on game days. They'll go live and also share the links there. So you can hear me on the air, just uh, speak the game of baseball and go from there. But also... Uh, check me out on all my other platforms at Dylan Kearns TV. I also host the Big City Sports Podcast, getting into Chicago and New York takes. 
Um, that, that, that's something I've been doing for a while. And then also, if you're a Notre Dame fan, whether it's football or all sports, uh, check out the Golden Domers report. We're now out everywhere. So uh, we, we dive in. We just actually did Notre Dame uh, baseball, and then we're doing a college basketball uh, tournament preview there. So uh, we like to do a lot of college sports on that as well. You doing Dylan, any? Dylan, if, uh, if Notre Dame and FSU get matched up, Best believe we're having ourselves a little conversation on on the on the Ooh, show. Let's sure. do it. That's gonna Ooh. be fun. Absolutely. We're not we're not making the tournament, but uh, <laughs> for football football we play week one, so maybe I'll see you in Tallahassee. Oh, that'll definitely happen. Are that'll we for, are we forgetting Notre Dame's hockey team? They're pretty good this year. They're as yeah. most people do. Wow, that is rude. AJ, I, I guess now I, I have to send it to you because you have to load up your fingers to tell these beautiful listeners where they can find us at. But I'm going to stop you before you – you're about to lean in. You're about to do it, but I'm going to stop you because I want to tell these lovely listeners we are going to be doing a quick final countdown tonight. Maybe not quick. I shouldn't say quick. We are going to be doing a final countdown tonight after we end it for our audio listeners. Please stay tuned. Stick around in the chat. We will be talking and addressing your comments that you have for us whether it be what you had for dinner last night we had a but we were buzzing last night on the chat talking about tv shows and literally if you have questions comments concerns let us know talk to us we are here for you in the final countdown coming up in a little bit but aj load up those those beautiful fingers you got over there and tell these listeners where they (laughs) where they can find us at all right, on Twitter at RoughCut underscore sports, at the Facebook, RoughCut Sports, and Instagram at the RoughCut Sportscast. We are buzzing on social media right now because that's what we do. Hit that like, hit that follow, hit that share, retweet, quote tweet, tell somebody about it. Did you see that post that Vinny put up? The graphic was awesome. Did you see that content AJ put up? He really knows what he's talking about. Somehow I read Dylan's post and I could just hear that smooth, smooth voice. you got to follow these guys at RoughCut unreal and of course we are brought to you by halftime sports collectibles the number one place to get all your sports memorabilia needs whether that be cleats whether that be a trophy whether that be signed gloves they got it over there at halftime sports collectibles.com go check them out aj do you have any last words before we close out the show for our audio listeners signed cleats hmm <laughs> we will be announcing that nothing Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Was that your last words, or was that it was worthless last words? Dylan, do you have any final words? No, 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 no. You don't get a last word. You don't get a last word. I did not have any last words. Fantastic. Adios, turd nuggets. We'll see you tomorrow for Fun and Games Friday. 